the way we identify and the things we use as our our identities color so much of how we show up in the world. And mm-hmm. if we're not allowing for room and space within that context and that construct and not also attaching that construct to a person, you know, if we can make more room for that, then we're healthier. We're, we're more intentional. We're more loving. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome to current mood. This is your host, Jacqueline Schneider. Current Mood is a series exploring self-care techniques, mental models, and the core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with thought leaders across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about unique business paths and pivots through the lens of mental wellness. Welcome back to Current Mood. There was a lot of love in this room. I just really love Joel. He's got such a great perspective on life, um, I think, as a father, as an author, um, he's also a creative director and he works at the New York Times and he's just had like this really cool journey that he's parlayed into just this very interesting and holistic life. Um, anyway, I just really love this conversation and I hope you enjoy everything that it is. How have you been since the last time I saw you? Um, you know, life is interesting, Jackie. <laughs> life is interesting. It's it's there's these uh, like constant reminders like that that it's it's all all ebb and flow. Nothing is linear. Yeah. So like being present while recognizing that presence is also an invitation for all the things. So like joy, love, grief, sorrow, like just kind of riding the wave of it all so like it's been it's life has been great if i'm being completely honest there was like a there was some turbulence i think in the past like couple of weeks like you know love shit you know love shit love shit what does that mean say more um you know it's something i meant to tweet but like healthy you could tweet it right here right now (laughs) i'm not gonna do that i'm focused i'm present (laughs) um like healthy um healthy boundaries plus healthy communication equals healthy love and that's what i'm fortunate enough to have with Bria, um, and I think there was just a there was like a small hiccup, like last week that I think reminded me of that because we were able to get out of the hiccup because of communication, and, what, and it's not even a big deal. Like I know yeah. I'm like kind of being vague, but it was yeah, like yeah. some like it was just like a miscommunication about something. I communicated something about something I was feeling, and I think there was just a lot. Like she wasn't prepared for it. I dumped. I think, and I'm not a dumper. I don't do that. Oh, that's that's a yeah. that's a tough one. But it was something I'd been sitting with, and so when I communicated it, what I realized was I communicated a lot, yeah. And some of those things got lost in translation. Um, so when we had a conversation about it, like maybe a day day or so after, it was like, oh, you didn't hear when I said this, this, and this. It was just like, oh. And then she communicated that, and it was like, oh, okay. And then she had told me she was angry. And when I hear that, like, that's triggering for me because it's like, what did I do wrong? And then right. I overthink. And, like, I'm, 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 a, I'm a chronic overthinker uh, when stress comes into play. Like, yes. generally, I'm cool as a cucumber. What's your, uh, what's your attachment style? Um, do you know? Um, do you care? My attachment, <laughs> I, I don't, like, I've not... I don't really, I'm not going to say I don't subscribe to that because I think there is something to be said for that. But like my style of love and living is very much non-attachment. I'll say that like the, the, the Buddhist practice of non-attachment, I think has allowed me to show up very fluidly in both my loving relationships and also my friend. Well, they're all loving, but romantic partnerships and romantic friendships. 
because I think all romantic friendships. Yeah, this is the, like we like we we're intimate. We got a friendship romance. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's romantic. Like I think there's something like, hey, let's go grab coffee and talk about life shit. Wait, and, you're right. I you kind of like that. Bring your romance into the friendship because it it, it already exists. Like Wait, what, mo- is, what does romance actually mean? The, like look up romance and, and like the we we take listen we, a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. We take things, right? And, like, the etymology of things always interests me. And, you know, like, yeah, I'm same, sure there's, like, some sort same. of Greek attachment to it. But the idea <laughs> of we take language and then we adopt it and create something out of it, like a mythology, if you will, of it, as opposed to the actual definition of what the word is. And it's like, oh, that could be for anything. Yeah. Family, friends, lovers, partners, whatever yeah. the case might be. But it's like for us, romance is Love Jones and crying outside of the window with the boombox. And, like, that's beautiful. But I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's also unrealistic. But, you know, that's another conversation for another day. I mean. Because you could do that could one be day. be right now. You know? I mean, listen, that, like, the boombox thing lasts but for so long. And after a while, you can be like, turn the fucking boombox off. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Bedside it, summer. Yeah. Yeah. Tell everybody that now. You know, all the little oh, four oh, wheels are coming out. Yeah, and shit. people and I, I, more power to folks. I want folks to fall in love, and I, I want folks to just fall in love honestly and intentionally, and be 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 honest about what love actually looks like after yeah. all the honeymoon stuff happens. Yeah, know? how I guess I'd be interested to know how at what point. I feel like a lot of us are socialized into thinking about love in like a romantic way. And Absolutely. like also like love for your family, you know, like a deep, like very connected love. Like was there a point when you like transitioned away from that? Was there a point when you redefined love? Yeah. And when, what was it? I think when, when Bree and I decided to be poly. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I think oh, wow. because part of that, because the 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 my heart was expanding. My heart has been expanding, and it continues to. And yeah. so I was having a conversation with my good friend Ashley Simpo today about something I've been kind of saying often, which is the idea of exclusivity being making something more special, hmm. right? So like you think of like a Soho house or any place where it's like this exclusive membership, right? It's yeah. it's special as opposed to like a two for five deal. At a restaurant or Applebee's. Applebee's is not special because anyone can get in. Right. But it's like there's a lot of special moments that have Listen, happened in Applebee's. Applebee's is pretty special. Okay. And so for me, I think we get to reframe what exclusivity looks like because it's there's this level of I have to own or possess a person. And even if we're not using that language, yeah. the idea of monogamy centers around having something that is exclusively ours. Mm-hmm. And anything or anyone that lives outside of that and is open to having more than one partner, let's say, or wo- more than one romantic experience, it's deemed less special because we've opened the door for it as opposed to what I believe mm-hmm. is, you know, this may not be the best example, but Michael Jordan shared his gift with the world, yeah. right? It's not like he played basketball in his schoolyard and that was it. Like, yeah. he performed night in and night out for millions of people. And, like, that level of special is shared. And I don't think, and I think the way we think about things being special and exclusivity is kind of doesn't line up, yeah. I think. I think things can be special and also be shared. And I don't think there's anything wrong with other people sharing in love in that way. Yeah. What what do you have to say to the haters that uh, don't believe in that? Um, or like, what's the other side of that? I think the other side of that is um, asking yourself some some really serious questions about why you're choosing the things that you're choosing. Because anyone who's who's anti poly, anti anything, ethical non monogamy, anti anything, ask yourself like why. 
Yeah. Right. And I, I want an actual answer and not something that your parents gave you, not like, something society gave you, not yeah. something your church gave you, which is generally the big Ooh, thing, like your church. church, your church, your mosque, the your church, synagogue, yeah. anything, any religious practice that is centered around a patriarchy, because every book that we adore has been written by men, whether it be white men, brown men, whomever. Right. Or if you follow, if you're NOI, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Whatever, it's written what's, by men, what's NOI? Nation of Islam. Oh, okay. Right? So, like, an offshoot, right, of Islam, right? Yeah. Where, like, the, the, the fundamental practice of, like, how we think about love is centered and viewed through the lens of, of, of masculinity, mm-hmm. you know? And so if we're not having a real honest conversation about who gave us these things as principle, right? Why do these things, adhe- why do I adhere to these things as principle? And mm-hmm. a lot of that is safety. People mm-hmm. need to feel safe. Religion gives us, gives us safety. I think monogamy gives us the illusion of safety. <laughs> Um, because whether someone is poly- polyamorous, monogamous, open, swinging, people going to do what they want to do. People going to cheat. People yeah. going to leave. People going to die. Yeah. People are going to leave us. Like, no construct that you choose is going to keep you away from that inevitable. Yeah. And not the inevitable of the saying, like, someone's going to leave you. People die. Like, yeah. even forever, forever does not exist in the context of love, in the physical form of that and so for me i just want people to be more curious like why do you think this thing and it's even if it's not working why are you still doing it you know because there's a i mean my thing is like if you were if like let's say okay we we come in here i get hired to do a job and let's say i've been working at this job or this career for like 20 plus years and i hate it yeah or like i've been losing job job after job yeah like my boss treats me like shit yeah everywhere i go in this industry normally in, in a circumstance like that, you'd be like, man, I got to change industries. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to leave. I'm in an abusive relationship. <laughs> but for some reason, I think because and it's something I've been unpacking, especially in the black community, what I've realized is, and I came, I feel like this conclusion came to me in spirit today, the idea of as slaves, our we nothing was ours, right? Like not property, not our, not, not our children, you know, like you could lose anyone and anything at any given moment. And so in monogamy, there's this false construct of like, I get to have this thing, this person for myself mm. and we don't have to share it. I don't have to worry about losing it because we've both agreed, whether it be in front of a pulpit or whatever, like this is my person in mm. my, what I'm trying to get us to do is essentially qu- be able to question whether or not that paradigm works for us in this present moment. And it might work for you. I just don't think we're doing a good enough job of actually holding space for why polyamory actually works for some people and actually could work for a lot more people if we gave it more credit. What what are the kind of like benchmarks for that sort of relationship? Like, do you have rules that you've like, you've established together or yeah i mean is this is probably the most candid i've been about <laughs> um but I, I think um yeah i i we we're transparency yeah is the biggest thing and yeah normally when people um when they ask me about polyamory they're like man you two must really trust each other yes but i think we also trust each other and we trust ourselves first more than anything mm. else and also trust that i've chosen a partner who is always going to be honest with me. So I don't have to worry about what she's doing in the world because it it doesn't affect what's happening in in the household. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are folks who are being cheated on, right, who don't know it. Yeah. And their their partner's coming home to them. They're being devoted. They're, they're being loving. They're being kind. All these other things that would not even give them the the semblance of an idea that this person is having a, a, a romantic relationship that exists outside of their arranged agreement. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't have to worry about that with Brie because I know, like we 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 share our calendar. Yeah. Like we don't have a shared calendar, but if Brie is going out, she sends me she she'll send me a calendar invite. Yeah. And vice versa, no different than I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go record this podcast with Jackie. That is on our calendar. So she sees it, she knows. Yeah. It's like it's there's there are no there are no false pretenses and there's no lack of communication. So you have transparency, to, communication. Absolutely. And I think... Which is important for any relationship, no matter what the agreement is. Literally. And like, I mean, because people tend to think there's like no jealousy. And, right. But no, it absolutely exists. I get... I think that I, I think what's important, though, is having, again, healthy boundaries and also being yeah. honest with yourself about how the ego traps us. You know, you, you think somebody else has seen some... Like, we don't do this with friendships. Like... But we kind of do, depending, like, especially well, we genders. Do. No, I was about we to say, do. yeah, yeah. And, and I think we need to investigate that. Like, why do we cling to certain relationships? And it's all ego. All ego. And for some reason, and I've been right, saying this right. often, like, spirit does not spirit does not recognize compartmentalization. So you can't mm. say, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to hold on to this person or this situation here, but everywhere else I'm going to be fluid. Or I'm going to be really angry and hold resentment for this group of people, this industry, whatever here, but it's not going to affect anything else. Like that's not how spirit, spirit doesn't recognize the boxes. Yeah. You know, so we're boxed off here, we're boxed off every place else, whether we're, we're, we're acknowledging it or not, you know? No, that's real to be like, well, this is how I live in one part of my life, but the rest of it is not affected by that. Like what are you doing? How is it not? Like it's, all part of your life it's like you have a dam it's like leaking everywhere and that's because we don't think we're interconnected we don't think things are all connected like the way the way i treat old girl who's downstairs who opened the door for me if i'm rude as shit to her she's gonna go tell her partner or her friend about it maybe or she might send a voice note after that's energy that a person is carrying and i don't know how that's going to affect the next decision she makes about who comes after me She's also cool as hell. She is. <laughs> you know, so like and that's my thing. It's like yeah. we're not if we're not recognizing how we're how we are all connected yeah. and how everything we can we do is connected to something else, then we, we're missing the mark. Yeah. I know? saw I saw uh I didn't read the story, of course. I saw the headline when I was like on Instagram, but it said the headline was like how talking to strangers can actually be beneficial. <laughs> oh my God, I, yeah. I was like I was like, did you guys take that out of my my diary? Because that's one of my tricks. <laughs> Like, during the pandemic, I used to sit on my stoop and, like, write in my journal, but I would just be there so I could interact with them. <laughs> See, now you're giving away your secrets. <laughs> but it's, a, it's it, you never, you never know what kind of interaction is going to bring you. You just, I don't know. I, I think you'd be surprised, too, a lot. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is why I love social media. Like, if you think about it, it's not like we, you and I grew up friends. It's not like we were working the same job. Yeah. It was a mutual like respect and like, oh, I dig this person. And then you make another move. Yeah. And I mean, social media is supposed to be social, you know? And so. <laughs> think it's going to die? What's going to happen? No, I just think it's just going to re, it's just going to reimagine itself like everything else. Like I never thought MySpace would end, but it did. Oh, the top eight. You know, you know, you got AIM. You're thinking like AIM. this is, you're not <laughs> thinking about the future per se, but you're present in it. But you're like, you're not thinking of a, like no one could have imagined Napster before Napster happened when we were listening to hip hop and like we'd get CDs and like oh, un- I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Soul Seek, Audio Galaxy. All these like <laughs> all these all these platforms that are just gone. You know, yeah. and like the next Instagram is is a few years away. I mean I didn't see, I, I remember working working in advertising and like ad week talking about this new Chinese um app called TikTok. Right. 
and me being like, I don't get it. Of course, I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to get it, but and then it and that was literally before the pandemic. And TikTok was doing numbers, but the pandemic changed everything. We can't. Social media is going to always exist. I think to a yeah. certain extent now, yeah. it's just going to show up in different ways. What's what would you say is your relationship? Are you poly with social media? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what is your relationship with social media? I think so. I think I'm poly with social. I think because I mean no. I mean yeah. Because I mean it's really Instagram and Twitter. For me, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and like I limit, I try to limit my intake, you know, um, and the real reason I'm not even using social media to keep up with people. I yeah. use it to make sure because I use my IG stories, I think, as a as a digital billboard. Sure. So if like you're really good at it, I try like so if you're <laughs> if you're if you have an event like oh cool I'm gonna share that because somebody else who might be in town or who lives in Brooklyn or whatever yeah. or who's looking to read an article about De La Soul oh shit I can just like the goal is to like yeah. get people more immersed in like what other people are doing so then we can connect share yeah. build whatever I feel like you that know? doesn't exist like it did before when there was like all the event listings and like that's where you would go to yeah. find shows and stuff yeah. like yeah like brooklyn vegan like when i come visit new york like brooklyn vegan and like even time out had some bangers yeah and like the time like where does that exist anymore i mean time out still exists brooklyn vegan still exists yeah but like i think we are now crowdsourced i think yeah we and I, I think that could be a good thing i think we more or less rely on influencers and the people we know yeah. is what I'm gathering and what it feels like to let us know about what's happening. So like, yeah, that's how I find out. Someone texts me or yeah. see it somewhere and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like see we, enough people post it. It's an ad. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, this person I know is DJing here. So yeah. whatever, whatever. Or I have a friend who's going to do something and yeah. you know, whatever it's, you know, I will say, um, the infatuation yeah. has come in handy a lot more times than oh, I for think. Food? Yeah, for food? Yeah, I mean, like restaurants. I yeah. like like where where should I be going to eat or drink? Is literally like the I think the infatuation is by far the best platform yes. for that. Shout out to the infatuation. Yeah, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, I mean that would be that would be a good look actually. Yeah. No, infatuation killed it. Actually, they they did what Yelp does not. <laughs> and this is why they bought them in the first place. I mean, I bought them not because they bought them Zagat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like yeah. the idea that. They're like, oh, we're going to be a real cool millennial-facing way of yeah. introducing people to the to the spots they love. We're going to use your language. Yeah. And we're, also, we're using your language because the people who are posting and writing these columns are millennials and Gen right. Zers who are yeah. like, they're out in the town in Williamsburg or they're out in Bed-Stuy. They're like, yo, this is the cool spot to go to like, for who whatever. Who's paying whatever. for that, guys? That's well, <laughs> a very good question. I have a lot of questions about uh, rich kids in New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, how are you always out in the streets? I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. you know, <laughs> Did, you, you know that um, Kareem, that comedian? Who? Kareem. Uh-uh. Oh my God, he's hilarious. Uh, I'll I'll send you his stuff. But yeah. He has this whole, he has a bunch of bits. He actually did a really cool, like, uh, taxi cab, not like confessions, but he, like, you might have seen his series. He goes okay. in different cabs and is like, it's called Keep the Meter Running. Uh-uh. And he goes yeah. to the taxi driver, like, tell me, um, What's your favorite place? Let's go there. Keep the meter running. Oh, wow. So he like goes and gets all the stories of these like taxi drivers. That's really and cool. And they go to their favorite places. Anyway. That's really, it, it reminds me of my man Flacco, who, um, brilliant poet, yeah. Flacco Jimenez. And he created this play that essentially is that. It's like, but he's the taxi driver. And oh. so like he's sharing stories with people in the passenger seat oh. about like his abuela growing up in Brooklyn. Like it's beautiful. Like the way Love he's that. constructed yeah. it. And like, but yeah, there's so many Similar. stories in that. But yes, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So Kareem also has a bit. He's like very, like, 
He's cheeky. Yeah. He had like he did a movie with New York Nico that premiered oh, Tribeca cool. last uh, last year. Oh wow. Um, okay. Anyway, he has this whole bit. Um, and he was like, everything, everybody you thought was cool just has rich parents. And then he made a song out of it and put it on Spotify. That's funny. Um, but it's like this whole kind of deconstruction of like all the cool, like mm. kind of like cool New York, like hipster kids that everyone's mm. like are so cool. It's like, actually, they have rich parents. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. Like there was, I mean, like, black, black, white and, and it, it's there was this article in um. I think it was New York Magazine they were talking about the the cover story was the It Girl. Oh right, 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 right. right. Which, which I thought was beautiful because the, the there there was a point in time where I remember that where yeah. magazines and print did reign supreme, and so True. you know when you went out and especially like even during the blog era there was like not the It Girl but I think the It the It MCs or the It crowd totally. of folks right. Yeah. Like when I think of anywhere Vashti was going to be DJing was where you wanted to be because that's where everybody else was going to be yeah. at Webster Hall or wherever. Yeah. You know, but this idea of um, there are people in New York who have kind of who always are not. I don't even know necessarily know if they're setting the trends. To be fair, they're I think, just always out. Yeah, yeah, there's always out, and I think because I mean, to be fair, like the trends are being are, are being created by the black folks, and then they just happen to be in spaces where there's like a confluence of like all these other mixtures and varieties of people, and then yeah. they just get to be seen more. So then they carry that trend elsewhere. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. That we just we went we went We're, there. Yeah, yeah. We went everywhere. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I where told did you. We start? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but back to your relationship with social media. Yeah. So you have. Are you about to look this up? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. I can tell you right now off the top of my head, I had ninety four thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. All right. And it's about like which is wild. Ninety four thousand respect. Yeah, which is wild because I never thought I would see the day I would have more followers on Instagram than I did on Twitter. So, why are you on social? When did you get on social media, and then how did you grow it so much? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, very rudimentary question. How did you grow? How did you grow it like that? Because I know you. I, we talked a little bit about this, uh, like yeah. some of your content, and how you like changed it. But I think it's really strategic and super cool. Yeah, it, it's you know I, I think my, my my best strategy has been be guided by spirit just like do whatever the fuck i want to do if i'm being honest but like doing what i want to do but being honest about it like people a good friend of mine zola she was staying at the crib with us and i remember us talking about something and i was washing dishes while we were talking and she went to go sit down in the office and i was like washing dishes and then i went grabbed my phone and tweeted something and she was like bitch did you just tweet that and i was like yeah <laughs> And it was like I it's it's what was it? I, I can't even remember. It wasn't it wasn't unwild, but it was like something came to me and I was like, Oh, that that's there's no bot that I have to sign like when it it's like it comes, I get a download and I go, Oh, that's like the healthy communication. Like I was in the bathroom, like putting some shit on my face. And I was like, Oh, healthy communicate because I was thinking about my relationship. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this feels important for me to remember. It's probably gonna be important for somebody else to remember. Yeah. But I didn't start like that on Twitter. Twitter in twenty in two thousand eleven, when I started Twitter, it was like I Twitter was still not relatively new, but it, I mean, people were utilizing Twitter in very different ways, really special ways. That's when you still had like Twitter jail and like you know Twitter <laughs> after dark, where like folks are just wiling, wow, especially Black I forgot Twitter. About that. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> and like I mean, and you know, you had different. Like I remember being on Twitter and like having to follow the rules of Twitter. Like, oh, okay, follow certain people, 
engage with people, all the other like, and it it worked. I was trying to, I was sharing my music on Twitter when I first started. Like oh, that's you're what like I was doing. Mixtape. Yeah, literally, like <laughs> yo, I got a project. Like oh, word, that's dope. I I did something that's just like that. No, I, I wasn't tweeting like that, but like I think I had more common sense than that. But the idea of oh, I have um, I have this art that I'm working on that I want to share, and then I started sharing poems. Um, not the affirmations, which I think sometimes people get confused. Like the affirmations are. are this like, is why I asked. You got yeah. mad content, bro. Like who? No one can keep up. <laughs> the the affirmations. I had some raps. I got some affirmations. And, but that's the thing. Like the raps don't. Like people don't even know I rap. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, even when I say it, even when I I'm announcing shows, you know the algorithm is. You got a freestyle? What's good? No, definitely not. <laughs> um, the algorithm. That's cool. We'll, 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 we'll throw. I'm gonna find your shit on SoundCloud. We're gonna throw some. Shit I mean, in if here. you, I mean, honestly, if you throw on a beat, I probably would, I would freestyle. But like. Um, Damn! How do I do that, Jerome? <laughs> what I'm doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but I, but I think um, it, it it started like that, and then I think I had a, I broke up. I broke up with my then fiance. Um, shout out to Tiff, um, Tiffany Rose, because she's an amazing human. But we broke up, and when when we were together, I did not have an Instagram because I was just a shitty partner, and I could not be trusted. <laughs> so okay, <say> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like. <laughs> We broke up, and it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I should start an Instagram. And I was, I guess I was, I don't know if I say I was bad at it, but it was me being like, okay, how do I, um, how do I utilize this platform? And nothing I was doing was working until I joined, I joined Instagram, I want to say in like 2014, and it wasn't until 2000, the summer of 2019 when I started breaking ground. Um, and it, it became, it was me sharing my tweets with a background. Yeah. And, you know, attaching some sort of music in the caption and, you know, certain people were catching on. Ooh, the old caption joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I'd be like, you know, Google Play, whatever, whatever. Like, really, when I started adding that out, what I was looking for was, like, hopefully, like, an artist, which I still don't understand why I had some, like, an artist being like, oh, Joel makes really dope captions and he's also creating ways for my music to be shared. I should yeah. just, like, lean into that, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like... I'm gonna let on. you off the hook, by the way. We're gonna put some of your music here in the background. Oh. <laughs> okay. Unless you really want to drop it. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but then it started growing and then so, like... What were you rapping about? Life, um... I mean, when I first started rapping, like, my first project, my first mixtape, Reaganomics, dropped in 2004. Shout out to DJ Vega Benetton, who produced the majority of it, if not all of that project. Sky Zoo was on there. Sky Zoo? Yeah, Sky wow. was on there, Tor. Because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we was peoples. Um, Sky, Torre um, was on there. Um, and, then, like, I was doing, like, I, I did shit with Sean Don. I did shit with Emilio Rojas. It was, like, that blog era, I was very much, like, under you the on radar. Giant Step? Oh, I, I, listen, you know how many times <laughs> I sent my music to Giant Step and got no response? Um, but I mean, I also wasn't, I, I don't think I was, I didn't have a crew, I didn't have management, I wasn't really moving in the ways that I think Management? You mean like your cousin? Yeah, exactly. That's someone, how it was back someone, then. You were, like literally someone who was going to be like bum, like bum rushing, like whatever label, whatever blog, and being like, yo, listen to this. I didn't have that. It was That's me. That's back when um, Dudley Perkins was like outside of Fat Beats. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Check it and Georgia and was with him. And I mean, and <laughs> missed it, those times. And it worked. And I'm I got it. I bought the mixtape. <laughs> and, and it was, I mean, beautiful music. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's the era I, I really started blossoming in. Like, 2004 yeah. is when I really started like hitting the studio, recording, dropping freestyles, mixtapes, all types of other wild shit. What did your. Was your family into that? Uh, my brother was. My brother D was a was was a big fan of that. My brother yeah. D managed me. 
Him and his crew managed oh, me. Oh, so was your brother? Yeah, but they were bad. They were horrible at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they had no clue, no clue about the music industry. That's like, cute. That's nice. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it was nice. It was it's like, nice. yeah, it was like, it, you know, and like they pay, and I will say like pay for studio time, which was like, yeah, they really gold. were managing. Yeah, you. yeah, they, you know, um, they just didn't have any connects, and like they didn't know, yeah. and they were also they were older, so like there was like a whole understanding that they didn't have about sure, blogs sure, sure, and like sure. how oh, they dang, okay. they were still trying to get me in front of Hot ninety seven, and I'm like, That's, listen, you know, <laughs> they were hoping. What about like your mom and stuff? Like, oh my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom used to, no, my mom used to tell me no. I was never gonna. My, what my mom told me verbatim was, "You're never gonna get anywhere with that name, Mag," because Mag was my rap name. Oh, M-A-G. that's the email I have. <laughs> Yeah, which is shorthand for MacGyver. Like, that's how... Wow, it could be so many other things. It could have been, like, (laughs) Magnum, whatever, a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, MacGyver? Yeah. Are you MacGyver? Would you identify with MacGyver? Yeah, I mean, because what I used to say was, no matter what you gave MacGyver, right, he could make something out of nothing. And I felt like, as a rapper, it didn't matter what you gave me. Like, a trap beat, like, some, like, R&B shit, whatever. I was just going to make some dope out of it, you know? Wait, what's your sign? Capricorn. I was like, hold on, what's your sign? <laughs> I like I know what is what that means at all. Is that? Is, <laughs> I feel like it's very Libra esque, but also there's our, some Libra in my chart. There's oh, some Libra okay, in my chart. There's some right. Sag in my chart, which explains the like ooh flowy, like hey, it's all whatever. But then Capricorn's the very like logical, methodical, like yo, this needs to get done, and I'm also I'm gonna get the bag always. Like that's that's very, that's very much goat goat energy <laughs> for sure. Yeah. What was your first big bag? My first, I mean, it wasn't a big bag, but it, the first in your mind, the first big bag. The first big bag was the Gates Foundation, and me mm. leading me 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 leading a, a a quick a quick workshop for them. That was the first. Wow, like, yeah. how did that come about? I think was it Ebony? Uh, it was a beautiful sister who who would connect, who was familiar with my work. And this mm-hmm. was during the pandemic. The pandemic was at that time the busiest, most profitable year of my life because everybody was grieving and mm. folks didn't know how to sift through it. And I was like, "Oop, hey, hand raised. I've been sifting through my grief for mad long, <laughs> mad grief. I've written books about it. Yeah, like I've been processing. So I have the language, and like yeah. people were just paying me to help folks." Like through workshops, writing workshops, like creatively, how do we get out of this? Because we're in it. How do we, and not even get out, but like how do we process? That's that's so important and it's also crazy to me that since you've been doing this shit for a minute, that that was like the first, in your mind, that you feel like. No, and no, and it, I mean, because like the first the first bag that I, I got, and, my, and this is why it's important, my mom was like, you're never going to get anywhere with that name because yeah, the yeah. first check that I got that wasn't like me going into somebody's office was the grant that I won from the Bronx Council of the Arts for the po- for, for the poetry award. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't submit my poetry as Mag. I submitted it as Joelle Daniels. Oh, so she was right. Yeah, she absolutely was. <laughs> my mom is almost never wrong when it comes to shit like that. Shut and she up. was right. They they always she knew. And like I remember this and I tell like I remember being like, damn. She's a publicist. Yeah. Never mind. She knew it. She knew it. My mom's be knowing. Shout out to Linda T, man. She be knowing. Aw. Yeah. Um Wow. Okay. So like who are you? <laughs> What an existential question. I know. I mean, well, I, what, what, who, who is anybody? I mean, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. you're a writer, you're an author, you're a creative director, you're a father, you're a partner. Like, but, yeah. like, professionally, like, what, what would you consider yourself? Storyteller. Storyteller. Story yeah, because it, 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 like, I remember when I first, there were a couple of things that happened, like, pivotal moments. I remember one moment was reading. For the life of me, I still can't find this article by Yasin, but I think I caught pieces of it. But 
it's Yasin talking about why he he had went to Yasin and left the most deaf name because most deaf felt like a character. And he felt like he had been playing a character and Yasin allowed him the opportunity to be himself. And around the same time, I had read that I'd been having these real conflicting emotions about my rap name. Because mm. I was starting to, because like after my breakup, like we were all, we, all we would, all Tiff and I would do was like couple shit. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, like anything we did, we did as a couple. So yeah. when we broke up, it was the first time I think I was going out into the world in a really long time because we were together for six years. You guys were matching outfits? No, no, no. Like, we, I mean, like we should have. Like I mean, I saw, I've seen couples at JFK where I'm like, damn, the whole family's got the magic. Yeah, open. that's ridiculous. I don't think I, I, I that that scares me. Um, <laughs> it does. It freaks me out. I a was bit. terrified. <laughs> yeah, you should have been. Should have called. Um, what's my TSA? Um, no, don't. No, do they that. don't do anything. Yeah, they don't. Just they do nothing. They make you, you take your fucking shoes off and then they touch you. Yeah, <laughs> then they touch you. Wow. Listen. <laughs> do you want to go in a private room? No. <laughs> Sounds like a bad date. <laughs> Um, I've had some of those recently. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. See, we, should, we should talk about those. Uh, I mean, um, this is not about me. <laughs> uh, so like we um, but now nah, like I was out in the real world by myself, and like my friends would invite me places, and they'd be like, "Hey, this is Mag," and I'd be like, "I'm Mag," and you can also call me Joel because it was I'd never been because I started being in spaces that weren't music related anymore. Oh right, and that was very confusing for me because I was like, "I'm I'm more than this rap." moniker that i've created yeah so it's I, once i figured that out and started i would the first show i remember the first show i did january when i was kind of premiering some of the project i had to finish completed completing called freedom i got on stage and i was like my name is mag you can call me joelle and it was the first time i'd said my name out oh, wow. loud on a stage that's pretty special yeah because then you it's like you're you're claiming it yeah in yeah. In, in, in a public forum so yeah. like that for me started this process of like Oh, this is who I am, and I say all that because storyteller. It was like I'm do I, I act, I rap, I, yeah. and I don't like naming all those things because then it just sounds very egoic. Because I do all those things incredibly well, you know. Yeah. So I'd rather just be call, call myself a storyteller, and then we can have a conversation about what that encompasses. Yeah, you know? I think it's interesting that that you say storyteller, and then you're saying the thing that I, you know, how people always are like, you can rewrite your story, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> No, and so, yeah, like, yeah, you, like, reclaiming, like, your identity in public, like, it's literally you rewriting the story that you had. Yeah. No, and, like, yeah. it's crazy how you can actually do that. You, We have we have choice. If, like, if we are able-bodied, you know, there's a lot of privilege in that, and I, and I want to preface it before I say that. Yeah. Like, if we have it, if we have all faculties, right, like, no. Even if we don't have all your faculties. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, you know, like, if you're yeah, su- so. suffering from some level of, like, chemical disorder, right, like, it's yeah. going to be a, b- a bit more difficult or challenging. Sure. If you're autistic, if you're, like, if you have a learning disability, there are things that are going to prevent you, I think, from being able to fully step into this. Oh, I can just change. Yeah. I think we all can, but it the, the le- levels and layers mm, of it. I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. I'll be it. Like, yeah, you can, Lauren Hill talked about it in the Unplugged CD. She was like, a friend of hers was like, what do you think they have a steering wheel for? So you can turn back around, right, if if something happens, oh, yeah. you know? And and I've never really forgotten that. It's like, oh, you, you can change your mind. Yeah. And I don't take changing my mind. Like, I don't take... The reason I, I can practice non-attachment so fluidly is because I know I can change my mind at a whim, and it's not because I'm I'm flaky, but because whatever the truth is also gets to change and pivot. At one point in time, people thought the world was flat. I mean, Kyrie <laughs> still thinks so, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like... And then we had science, like um, Neil deGrasse, 
um, he says something, and I, I'm going to butcher it, but he's like, his scope of knowledge changed with the Hubble telescope because mm-hmm. there was a certain purview that he had of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm, folks who are listening, like I'm making a circle. And then the Hubble, Hubble tel- telescope came in and expanded that circle right. of knowledge, right. you know, and but it doesn't mean that the knowledge you had before was false. Right. It just expanded. Yeah, it's like the horse with blinders. Like the horses, mm. they literally yeah. put. I grew up in a, a like I working at a horse track, but they put like yeah, I know, it's weird. You see, this is in the memoir. This better be <laughs> what? My, that was my second job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like serve uh, rich people in the boxes like overpriced pizza. Uh, <laughs> but the horses were like blinders mm-hmm. so that they're focused on the race only which is pretty fucked up because it's an animal it's a whole yeah. other story but yeah. yeah like if you just can't see you you don't know what you don't know like yeah. you just can't see it yeah and like and so like if we're if we're cognizant of that then I think we also open the door to be cognizant of that for all people right like yeah there's this general assumption that people are either ignorant or they're stupid or they're just blatantly being misinformed in order to harm people. And I think more often than not, that's actually not the case. I think more that's often than so not, real. people yeah. are just limited by the scope of information they have. I mean, if you ask anyone's parents who are on Facebook, like that's you'll find that is true. Ja- like, I like think- my mom will send me shit. Yeah. Sorry, mom. I love you so much. <laughs> but I was like, bro, stop watching Facebook. Stop watching Fox. Like, yeah. Just like l- so limited by the information that yeah. she has access to. And like, I used to get mad about it. But now I'm like, oh, my God, th- I need to educate her. <laughs> and <laughs> I like, need to show you. <laughs> and, Jack, and that's the thing. And like, and I, and I recognize how laborious and like how labor intensive that can be, especially if you're a black woman or a person like a marginalized person who's been doing the work. I also think about. Like I, I use my mom as a really good example. My mom had a my brother got my mom a cell phone. I want to say about let's say like five years ago, and it wasn't until about three years ago that my mom learned how to text, like actually send like a text message with emojis. You Ooh. gave her the tool, but she didn't have any language to understand how to use the tool. Mm-hmm. And so there's this notion that if we just put the information in front of a person, that they'll get it. The language is dense; it, they don't come from the environment in which the language was created. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a level of grace and like that grace has boundaries. Right. But I think we're all kind of all, like <laughs> yeah. we're all in. We're in the space where it's like it's either all or nothing. Yeah. It's like either. Binary. Yeah. And it's like I don't deal in binaries. Yeah. Like binaries don't 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 solve anything. I think we can recognize the constructs and the binaries. I think that's if per, a person is choosing to say I am transgender or a person is choosing to say for like like I'm MAGA or I'm granted two very different sides of a coin, but the idea of yeah. this is my identity, right? Yes. This is what I identify yes. as. Um, I, I think we get to recognize that, but then also not attach ourselves. Like I'm a black man, but I'm also so many other things yeah. that 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 have to do with my blackness and don't like how I parent my child has something to do with my blackness. It also has something to do with my masculinity. It also has something to do with like the environment I grew up in. Like yeah. there's so many other intersections that mm-hmm. hold actually for me just as much weight. Like me coming from the Bronx, like I don't like that's I don't even say like when people ask me where I'm from, I say I'm from the Bronx. I don't say I'm from New York. I don't say I'm from America. To somebody else you might ask them, they might say I'm from the DR, even though they yeah. were born and raised in Queens. Let's yeah. say or like the way we identify and the things we use as our our identities colors so much of how we show up in the world. And mm-hmm. if we're not allowing for room and space within that context and that construct and not also attaching that construct to a person. You know, if we can make more room for that, then we're healthier. We're, we're more intentional. We're more loving. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you set an intention? 
it's funny you ask that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny you ask that because Lila, my seven-year-old, and I, we talk about this often because about... Oh, what's that like? Two, two and a half, about two and a half months ago, roughly, I started asking her when I would walk her to school, like, what's your intention today? Mm. And I had to realize I needed to explain to her, what a seven-year-old, what an intention is in the first place. I'm not going to walk you through that exercise. Actually, can I, you? <laughs> it was like, because... Uh, so I'll give you the... Because like I can't remember verbatim, but... Part of explaining what I love about explaining things to Lila is it it forces me to also have a better understanding of the thing I'm trying to explain. Because so often we use the language without really thinking about what the actual like romance, like the actual yeah. definition of of the word means. And so I didn't have the definition off my head, but I was like, well, you know, an intention is like the thing that you choose that's going to help carry you through the day. Mm. And like having to then explain that a level further because like <laughs> carry you through the day. You can actually do that. That's like a foreign concept. Yeah, like that you have control over your day. Yeah, and then like and then even like the the verbatim language of carry through the day yeah. for a 7-year-old carry me like there's so much like right. Con- contextual language that gets lost in translation and again something we don't think about like right. the environments that folks come from right. limits how they engage with us within the con- context of like language and so yes. carry this with you throughout the day or I'm like well it's like the thing that you say out loud or even inside or right down that's gonna give you like uh, it's gonna it's like a guide it's almost like a little map yeah. if you will and so yeah. for her that day, the first time we did that, she was like, my intention is I want to do really well on my math test. And I was like, okay, that is not an intention. And I had to... Ooh, see, that's hard. But then but we got to the place, though, and I was like... And and she helped me frame this because then what I realized was we landed on her slowing down. Like, she needs... Yeah. Like, slowing down was going to be her intention for that day because... Slowing down, that's a great intention. Because slowing down was, A, going to allow her to focus on her math test. Yes. Take each... Because, like, I knowing my child who does not know how to... Well, just chooses not to slow down. Well, maybe not chooses, but she has difficulty. Yeah. But, like, slowing down, she can, like, not rush to get through an answer. Checking over her work. When she slows down, it gives her more actual more time yeah. to do yeah. things she needs to do what i realized it's crazy how that's so true how like i mean but because it's it's because it's, it's it's a it's it's a fundamental truth that i think we tend to like overlook because we say it so often I, right just slow down it's like that sounds really easy but then yeah. you actually do it and you're like oh, oh wow it actually, actually have more time <laughs> anyway what, what we landed on at yeah. the end of that was like oh and what i landed on through that conversation with her was um her doing well on the math test was just the outcome or the output of, of the, intention. the intention. Yeah, and so having to like we've been having conversations about that now, where it's like, wow, what is an intention, and also what is the oh? And she said something the other day, and I was like, okay, she's like, I want to be good to my friend. Like she said something, and I was like, well, that's that's the output. Like, what's the actual thing? And so that's like, really hard when you think about, like, strategy and tactics. Yeah. It's, like, I, the same thing. It's absolutely. Like, okay, here's a strategy. No, no, no. That's actually how you're going to do it. That's yeah, the tactic. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the energy. It's, it's, it's very the, nuanced. It's the energy of the thing. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how I broke it down to I was, like, yeah. the doing, like, you being, you being good to your friends is different than being kind. You know, because being kind today is going to allow you to do all the other things that you're saying you want to do. Be Mm -hmm. good to your friends, be good to your teachers. Mm -hmm. Being kind in general is going to allow you, being present in that space, that's the energy, right, of the thing. And then to your point, those are the tactical things that come out of that energy. Right. Like, I'm going to be more loving today, then means I'm going to be 
more. I'm going to listen more. Like, yeah, I'm it's going to do all these all the other things. things. <laughs> like, you can list, and, then, and if yeah. you want to, you can even make a list of that. Like, what does being more loving mean right. today? And then you can make a list of that means I'm going to communicate more, listen more, hug my mom today. Like, all these other things that <laughs> can then be part of the output of, like, that energetic intention, yeah. if you will. I ask everyone on Current Mood this question, but when is your book dropping <laughs> and it's funny because <laughs> everyone true. always laughs because their book is not dropping but your book is dropping <laughs> <laughs> my, book, my book is dropping what's your book um what kind of black are you drops um wow. june 2024 tentatively um wow halt mcmillan books shout out to Rita powers and shout out to Catherine and Sonali, who are my agents. Oh, um yeah it's it feels pretty cool to say that i have agents and yeah I, i'm not even gonna, <laughs> gonna lie to you like Childhood black boy dream come 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 to manifestation. So uh, you you made that shit happen. I did. I'm yeah. not even gonna, I'm not even gonna hold you. 2015 came around. You know we're looking at Ferguson. We're looking at the death of Mike Brown. Trayvon died previously. Like I'm about to be a dad. All these things are factoring into me being like I just need to write essays. Yeah. Because writing songs wasn't allowing me the room to like tell all these stories. Sure. In a bigger and more expansive way. Like yeah. I'm not even even if I was rhyming like a Kendrick. Yeah. I mean, there's like there's still limitations because you're making a product that has to then be sellable to a certain extent to masses. And yeah, so you have to have a certain time limit to the like as opposed to when I'm writing long form, like writing. I mean, and right now being in like the second phase of revisions for the book, it's like we're looking at like sixty six hundred word essays, Woo. like fifty five hundred. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> and I'm asking I'm I'm forcing you to really read, sit with, and listen to a cis hetero black man tell you about his experience growing up black in America. Mm. You know, and like what that looks like through the lens of masculinity, through the lens of race, gender, parenting, education, yeah. hip hop, yeah. all the things that matter to me and just kind of, you know, making a, a, a nice gumbo, if you will. Ooh, you I love food into it. I love gumbo. <laughs> I love I know gumbo you know, too. you know, I know you love you some food because uh, you be chefing it. Ooh. You know, so it's gumbo like, with a little crystal sauce. <sighs> <laughs> the vinegary sauce. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Um, that's so exciting and so special, and I'm so like overjoyed for you. Thank you, Jack. I'm excited yeah. for your book too. Oh, you know the book. Yeah, the book. The, the books book that you're worth. The books. <laughs> and I, and it's funny you said because like when I was telling when I kicked this off with like the space I'm in, like part of me is like, damn, do I mean? Granted, I, I wouldn't. I, well, I don't think Catherine and Sonali are going to be listening to this, but it's like, am I going to write um, it? Let's make sure they we send it to them. Yeah, but like, I'm like, am I going to write, am I going to write another book? You know? Oh, of course you are. I mean, a part of me feels like I want to, I want to just chill somewhere. I mean, in I mean, next look, time with my girls. Like, you got it like that. You should do whatever you're feeling. That's what I'm hoping. Like, yeah. write the book, do some talks, facilitate some workshops and yeah. just. You know, call it a day. What is, is it like a chapter book or, or it's just the, like, what's the layout? Essays. essays. So like, yeah, about 15 essays. 15 in total. essays. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking about, there's an essay about gold chains in there. There's an essay about. Which you are wearing a double gold <laughs> right now. Which uh, which chain type is that? Um, I forget. What do we call that? I don't I mean, it definitely ain't dunky. I know that. It ain't a dunky gold chain. <laughs> it's not like, have you seen Busta Rhymes chains lately? It's ridiculous. Bro, it's like, it's like this thick and it's like diamond encrusted. I mean, it's, it's you know, and, and that's, you know, homage, you know, and I write about that. Like the, yeah. the, the. Extinction look, level event is just one of the best albums of all time. Of, of all time, literally. <laughs> you know? On. The energy. Everything remains raw. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, Bus was, you know. Seriously, I'm going to listen to that all weekend now. But, like, um, <laughs> like the, that essay, like, I look at it through the lens of Slick Rick, 
Ooh. Um, Slick Rick, Mr. T, and Michael Jordan. This is the Gold Chains one? Yeah. What's it called? Gold Chains. It's literally called Gold Chains. Yeah. What, yeah. what other uh, little kind of uh, nuanced topics do you have? Um, this is an essay about Jay-Z and capitalism. It's really like my love. Wow. My love and loathing. Because I love Jay and also like having to be honest about Yeah how Jay is harmful and like what does that and like also right. what I want us to be able to do is hold space for multiple things to be true so right. like there's an essay about my love-hate relationship with white women there's an essay in there about my love-hate relationship with my belly there's a oh like, that's a good one you know because it's like I'm going through the motions of like all the things that I'm having to sit with and process that I I generally think cis hetero like we are expansive and I think some of us are limited in that expansion because yeah. people are forcing us, A, into a construct. I think, A, we allow ourselves to be forced into a construct because it's comfortable. Yeah. And so my, because I have the platform, like, I just want to pose questions yeah. through the lens of conversation. And so I want folks to really ask themselves and, like, investigate because I'm doing it on myself. Yeah. So I'm hoping that me doing that will then open the door for others to do that privately, publicly, whatever, but just yeah. be healthier to ourselves, to the people we love, to the women we love, to the children we love, whatever the case might be. Yeah. So we're looking at a pre-release, like, pre-Father's Day is the goal. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to cop that. Me too. I can't <laughs> wait for you to cop it either. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. What's the, what's the, like, desired audience for that book? Black people. Like all people, all ages, all ages. Yeah. Black people, like I want fathers to like read it and be better fathers to their sons if if possible. Be better, better, and I want black women to to be able to see that like we are expansive, mm. like we we have thoughts, we have ideas that are not all aligned in similar in some ways that Twitter would make others believe um and it's, it's i mean it is for everybody i mean i think yeah. when I, like when i think about tony morrison how she writes anybody can pick up a tony morrison book yeah but i'm not decoding any language for people like it is what it is when you read it when you pick it up you'll you'll read it and like you may not know some of the blocks that i mentioned from the bronx but if somebody from the bronx picks this up they're gonna know yeah and for me that's more important like right. you know what i'm saying my man T tito and elvis and rich and all the kids i grew up with buck god bless the dead like also the brothers who couldn't be here yeah so like for me it's also a celebration of like yeah. blackness and like black masculinity for the brothers who couldn't write what i'm writing yeah now you know yeah can i ask you a question Come, yeah jarell's here you might be able to like re say it so it comes from you but i was wondering you say it oh the concept of expansion um, with your identity and the non-attachment part, is this something you feel like you've always known or was there maybe not even a catalyst, but could you talk more about the journey of learning that concept and also how to integrate it? Mm. That, that The concept of, I mean, because really the concept of um, expansion, I think, comes with a fluidity and like that fluidity, if I'm being honest and transparent, like, I don't, none of this happens without the queer community, right? I think there's, like, a language that I've learned that I've gathered from my queer friends from queer community who have invited me into a space of sanctity that has allowed me to, like, learn. Mm. But I think part of that journey for me started, I think, after my breakup. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, breakups, I think, invite breakthroughs. And so it was the breakup. It was the language and literature that I was reading. It was Buddhism. And so when I see the literature, like, Ayanna Von Zant wrote this book called Spirit of a Man, which I recommend any black man to read. Very outdated, if I'm being honest. Like, she wrote it in the 90s. So a lot of the language is like, oh, okay, Ayanna, <laughs> okay, this, this is a lot. But, like, it, it, was, it was a great foundation for me to kind of lean into my spirituality in a way that didn't attach itself to religion, but then also allow me to say, oh, 
what does surrendering actually look like from this lens and not through the lens of surrendering to a God, but surrendering to the moment. Eckhart Tolle's um, The New Earth and Power of Now, you know, Gary Zukov's Seat of the Soul. Um, and then further, like later down the line, you know, Sharon Salzberg, Tara Brock, a lot of mindfulness practitioners who also sit in the space of Buddhism. Buddhism played in Buddhism and, and queerness, I think, probably are the biggest two tent poles for me when it comes to like how I learned how to navigate the world. That was an amazing question, Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> that was like very amazing contextually. Because yeah. like. when I cause when I think about when I think about polyamory, like that's when I think about polyamory, I think about Dan Savage. I think about a lot of, and like I think about queerness and like how so much of the freedom and fluidity that comes with being able to say, This is who I am is for like yeah. the Audrey Lords of the world yeah. who like paved the way for folks to go, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Right, right. You know? And yeah. if I'm and if I'm and if I'm a man who recognizes the humanity in all beings and that means I can interact in different spaces and recognize it's something to be learned from everybody you know and Buddhism also gave me that pathway to be like oh we can break free from everything like Buddhism is really like you are not like we are all dying death is inevitable come to grips with it and you will find joy and peace I'm like alright I can do that (laughs) yeah yeah so it sounds like basically the catalyst was a breakdown and then you have a you have a blank space from which to rebuild mm, and yeah. you took the opportunity to to find any way because maybe you were in a space where you were willing to do whatever it took. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I love the way you explain it. Like, canvas, right? Like, some people take a blank canvas and go, okay, well, I'm just going to get a paintbrush. And I'm like, damn, like, what if we take some coal? What if we take this garbage can? What if we take, like, I was at a place where I was so open to the tools I needed in order to repaint my world. Mm. I was like, I don't care what I Because you believe was shattered. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I don't, like, like, what, like, what does, what does being engaged, what does marriage mean? Like, all these questions I was willing to ask myself now because I was not attached to any more outcomes. It was mm. like, all right, bro, just go. <laughs> You know, yeah. what were you it. listening to? What tunes? What tunes were getting you? Common's going? B album was Ooh. a was a game changer for me. Like even that intro to this day, when I my first feature length film, like I have the intro. I don't know what it's gonna be, but it has to be the B intro because that doom 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 doom, like it <laughs> yeah. sets the tone for the entire album. That album like changed my life. I think that album changed my life. I think D'Angelo's Voodoo changed my life. Cause it was D'Angelo. That was D'Angelo's big like. Nah, this is this is the music I actually want to make. Right. You know, like yeah, Brown like, Sugar was like the filter jazzy. You know, like it was great, but yeah. like Voodoo is yeah. like his album. Yeah. You know, so I'm living my album. Wow. I'm gonna go and listen to Extinction Level Event. <laughs> Common. Yeah. D'Angelo's Voodoo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I need to listen to that when I get home. Cause oh my god. Uh, front wow. to back. Um, I know we could talk forever. I know, so I told you. Thank Listen, you, thank you so, so, so much for coming on and just being pleasure. open and vulnerable. Jackie, and, I love you. Come on, man. I love so, you too, you man. Know, you know, <laughs> you, you, you say the word, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna come through. So. Thank you, uh, Drill. Yeah, word for Jarell, joining thank us. You. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, Drill, get closer to the mic. Happy to be here. <laughs> this Jarell is the person that um helps us make these for you. Yeah, shout out to Jarell. So Jarell's here today in the studio, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, adding some me. good context. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah, my I'm gonna look out for the book. Yeah, anything else you want to plug? <laughs> um, anything else I want to plug? Um, my brothers, my brothers both had the same birthday today, May 12th. So shout out to D and Kelvin. Oh. Um, and 
That's it, man. How, how can people find you? Um, Instagram, I am Joel Leon. I'm not hard to find. If you Google Joel Leon, like yeah. I, I'm the first thing that comes up, which is kind of wild too. Like I'm like, oh, the SEO is on point. Yeah, I'm like, yo, you got to scroll down a little bit for like hey. the, the dentist Joel Leon come through, the soccer player. Like, nah, yo. that ain't me, player. I'm the first like six. You know, get hey. with it. But um, you, you, yeah, yeah. Gates Foundation to search number six. Yeah, search number six. <laughs> the TED Talk comes up like third. No, it does because I watched it this morning and that shit slaps. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you, Jack. Yeah. yeah. yeah Shout yeah. out to all the co-parents in the world, you know? Um, okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into Current Mood today. Don't forget to follow Current Mood on Spotify and give us a little rating if you're feeling it. Give us a little star action. Five stars would be great. And follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any ideas on future guests or any insights, feel free to slide right into our DMs on Instagram at currentmood.io. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It really means a lot.